Time's Ours is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Chiefs ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. I have the GameTime app, and I logged in just to see the fact that there are these incredible photos from any seat that you select. You want to see, is this seat worth my time, my money, me making this purchase? You'll see exactly what you'll see in that seat through the GameTime app. It's super simple. It's super easy to use. I, in fact, found a concert coming up in my area that I was actually planning on going to that I didn't even remember what that day was going to be. I missed tickets the first time around, so now I'm going to wait a little closer to the event and check it out again with Game Time. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Everybody's working. With that time, George. When we all talked to you on Friday, there was genuine, legitimate concern that this podcast would exist on Monday. But we are now pretty confident that together we will make it through the dark times and uh, and, and time will continue to be ours here on The Athletic. Welcome in to a very thankful edition of Times Ours. I'm Joshua Briscoe with Seth Kaiser and Nate Taylor. Guys, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, anything under all of the weeks of 2019 makes me immensely glad that the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes were as fortunate as they were and as fortunate as you can be whenever your kneecap pops out of place. Yeah, I mean, who... who who really knew when we talked on uh, Friday morning uh, before any MRI scan had uh, been conducted that Patrick Mahomes is a guaranteed, as far as we know, it to return to the lineup at some point. I still am guessing early December against the Oakland Raiders after the bye week. Like, if you're the Chiefs medical staff, don't be dumb. Just don't <laughs> rush him back. Take your time. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean – um, now, look, I, I know there's been various reports from other organizations. Um, I mostly tried to stay pretty quiet uh, over the weekend just because a lot of it is speculation and a lot of it is coming down to like, hey, how will Patrick's body respond as he gets more rest, as he goes through sort of the rehab stages? And we really won't know um, when he will truly return until about another week and a half, two weeks is what I was told. But you're right, Josh. It could be anywhere between three weeks, which maybe he comes back for the Monday night game against the Chargers in Mexico City. It could be four weeks, which would you know thus be the bye, and that would actually give him a fifth week additionally if, uh, if that's the case. So we don't totally know when he's going to return. But the optimism that was sort of spoken in the locker room Thursday night after the win over the Broncos is now sort of, uh, you can sort of bookmark that as a clear point in time in the season, which is one of those critical turns where it could go one of two ways. And thankfully for the Chiefs, it looks to be a positive one. Seth, I know that you are in Minnesota, but has the size of, of your church and therefore all churches in uh, in the United States of America quadrupled over the weekend? Because I feel like this has to be a good sign for the existence of God. Well, like you said, my my work was pretty easy this last weekend. Uh, that was it was a it was my my job stayed fun, and now everyone in Kansas City believes in God, and that that you know what I feel like we did some good work here, and you know it's uh, 
when, when, when Mahomes went down, I, I got to tell you, there were a number of things that were that sprang into my head that could have been taken for scripture in terms of how meaningless everything <laughs> all is from Ecclesiastes. That's all the guys. This is all meaningless. No, it's gone. And then, you know, we brought it back around. That's why the only thing I tweeted was, you know, please no. And I just couldn't even yep. think of anything. I am a little jealous, just on a side note, that I think it was Mike Golick came up with the uh, – the parody song. Did you guys see that? Yeah, did, uh, I did. It was excellent take... in all the ways that it was horrible. How did I not think of "Don't Take Mahomes" and like the words <laughs> that how did I, how I didn't think of tweeting that is just beyond me. But yeah, best case scenario, life is good. Um, obviously, you never want your quarterback to be out. But you know, honestly, the Chiefs had been sleepwalking just a little bit. And I mean, if this is what it takes, it's, you know, we're, we're looking for that silver lining. If what right. it takes for the rest of the team to say, Hey, we can't just rely on Mahomes to produce a miracle. Cause really they dropped two games in a row that they shouldn't have. They should not have lost either of those games. And it's, it's especially frustrating now with the whole AFC West losing again. Yeah. Like they could have this division wrapped up. Like mm-hmm. if they were, if they had won, because, you know, obviously going undefeated is hard and I'm not taking away anything from Indianapolis or Houston, but the Chiefs shot themselves in the foot those games. And so they, they, they really could be undefeated right now and be like five games up on everyone else or whatever it is. And so with regards to Mahomes, I'm with Nate, unless like every medical opinion, every medical opinion, I mean like the 19 independent doctors they consult which they should, unless all of them are like, yeah, he's absolutely fine. He could have been playing last week. There's no reason to bring him back before the bye. The AFC West is terrible. And the Chiefs, yeah. the Chiefs could literally lose every game without Mahomes and still be you know, right there in the thick of the division. So there's no reason to hurry him back. You, know, you can talk about home field advantage and stuff, but that's going to be tough anyway. And so I, I'm perfectly comfortable with waiting till after the buy, unless, like I said, I'm fine with leaving things to doctors, but they better have like, I mean, I, I want to see receipts here and I understand it would be a HIPAA violation, but <laughs> I, want, I want them posting the, the reports. I like, I want it to be like, you know, when you had to bring a note to your teacher in school, Josh, for you, this was like six months ago when you had to mm-hmm. get out of class. <laughs> And, like, I, I, I want to see all of those posted. The Chiefs, if they are going to play him before the bye week, I want to see a PDF of all his, all his medical reports. HIPAA be danged. So that's where I'm landing. If that happened, by the way, that would be on a T-shirt in 30 seconds. It would be <laughs> sweeping the, the city. Just everyone wearing Mahomes' various medical reports. Uh, it would be absolutely excellent. Also, with those first five minutes of this show, I need to go through and, and just delete like half of the Google Doc from today because I feel like we pretty much covered everything. Welcome. To, this is Time's <laughs> Art, everybody. We did it all in five minutes today. Good job. Good job, everyone. We knocked it out of the park. Um, I guess we'll keep talking for, you know, 45 more minutes just for kicks, but I will let you know, by the way, that uh, if you only are listening to these Monday episodes of Time's Ours, you're missing the Friday stuff that's exclusive uh, to the athletic. 
So if you subscribe to The Athletic, you can read everything from Nate, read everything from Seth, and then also get the Friday episodes of Time Zars. And if you just listen to the show on Mondays through wherever you get your podcasts, like Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever, go to the show page and, and leave us a review in Apple Podcasts and make sure you're subscribed wherever else. You'll get all the Monday episodes for free because that first taste is free. You want the real stuff, you come back on Fridays and we'll uh, we'll, we'll give you two episodes a week on The Athletic. So, um, yeah, I mean, listen, the lead here is clearly... Good news on Mahomes' knee, as, as Nate touched on. Ian Rappaport had the first uh, the first shot at it, confirming that Mahomes had a dislocated kneecap, uh, obviously, uh, but no significant additional damage with plans for, as Seth said, 19 second opinions. And then some second <laughs> opinion happened, and reports were that it was more good news than Adam Schefter, who I just think wants me to be stressed out, uh, reports that Mahomes could return in less than three weeks. That three-week number had been going around before that as well. Uh, we, we already established that there's that bye week going before the Raiders game sort of between Mexico and that Raiders home game on December 1st. Nate, you said you know, you, you've been kind of laying a little bit low over the weekend, but do you think... Do you think that's still the smart thing to expect as a return after Mexico City, or do the Chiefs have any inclination to try to get him out there for that primetime game? Yeah, so it's a it's it's a good question, and this is something that's going to be discussed, I think, on a week to week basis. And I know uh, that can seem less exciting than just saying like less than three weeks, he'll be back. We're all Who cares day. about his future health? Um, but honestly, like. When I was, you know, around the locker room and as the guys were walking off the field, you know, you're turn, I'm trying to chat with as many people as I can. And, and so you see familiar faces in the organization. And I kind of heard like three to four weeks. That was sort of my thing. And mm-hmm. when you're in these sort of situations where you don't really know and we are not doctors and, you know, we're still having an MRI to sort of uh, look forward to the next day. Like what I reported that I felt comfortable with was, hey, it, it'll be a month. Like, you know, that should be the general rule if he wasn't the quarterback of the team. Like, say he was, like, second-string linebacker. It would be a month. Like, if he was, you know, even if he was, like, Eric Fisher, and that's a pretty important job, like, he would still be considered a month. But because he's the quarterback, because he's uh, the MVP of the league, I know a lot of people want him to not necessarily rush back, but get back as soon as possible. What happened over the weekend I think will play a role as we go along too. Uh, the Raiders lost to the Green Bay Packers, who the Chiefs will play uh, this coming Sunday night. The San Diego Chargers continue to find ways to lose games and continue uh, to play in Los Angeles. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, did I say San Diego? You Dang sure it. did. Dang it! That's oh, how irrelevant man. they are because everyone says Los Angeles Rams. Everyone says it. Everyone, everyone oh. says Los Angeles right. Rams at this You're point. Right. Everyone remembers that. No one remembers with the Chargers because no one cares. They play in a soccer stadium with twenty thousand people and they can't fill it up. That's sad. Yeah. It makes me sad. Yeah. So they're I'm not playing at Qualcomm it. anymore. I'm sorry, y'all. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, so the L.A. Chargers continue to find ways to lose, including at the one-yard line, which is like, like, oh, like, if if <laughs> if Chiefs fans are upset by their two losses, and I agree, Seth, that they shot themselves in the foot or, you know, were their own demise uh, in those two games, like, whew, what the Chargers have done this year is just to find ways to just 
kill any fan base that is available to them. And then thirdly, obviously the Chiefs beat the Denver Broncos on Thursday night to sort of uh, exclude them from the discussion. And now there are trade discussions going on with Emmanuel Sanders and the whole idea that like, hey, you know, maybe we punt on this year um, now that we've, you know, gotten destroyed by a team without their MVP quarterback. So I would argue that that decision was made when they when they uh, acquired Joe Flacco this offseason. But but they didn't think think it was. And that's the funniness of the joke. <laughs> well, they they thought like, hey, maybe Joe could get us through the first eight game stretch, and then Drew Locke would just like come in on a white horse, and uh, that's not going to happen this year. So, so, I, so oh, that's so funny. So the I, division couldn't be the, the division couldn't be worse, and you have to look forward. And I think if you're a Chiefs fan, you have to see what everybody else's schedule is moving forward. Uh, the Raiders' schedule is not particularly easy as we move along towards November. Um, and so that's really the the one team that I think the Chiefs have to sort of factor into all of this is like, hey, the Chargers are, I believe, two and five. Mm-hmm. Um, they could be fracturing at this point just because they can't find ways to win either home or away games. The Raiders are three and three, and they seem to be pretty frisky. Like the score will indicate differently, but I watched that game from start to finish. Um, and there's some there's some things that the Chiefs can take away from what the Raiders did in trying to prepare for the Green Bay Packers. But that game was close up until, you know, uh, Derek Carr fumbled the football at the one-yard line for a touchback. But honestly, this division, I mean, we used to talk about, like, the AFC South in this sort of way, which is just Mm -hmm. like, well, somebody's got to win it. Um, So (laughs) even if you're the Chiefs with Matt Moore, they should feel pretty confident that, hey, we have a couple home games. Uh, You know, we're not playing – you know, we're not competing against a team that's like the the Houston Texans or the Indianapolis Colts, where these are well coached teams for the most part, and they have talent around them at multiple positions. Where in the AFC West, man, whew, it's I mean, this is the best of an outcome that could happen over the weekend was to not only beat the Raiders or excuse, not only beat the Broncos to sort of dispel their sort of belief that hey maybe we can turn this season around and then to watch the Raiders and the Chargers um both lose on the road with the understanding that the Raiders won't play another home game for like another month it seems like and the Chargers are a team that you know eh, hey we got Melvin Gordon back and that's literally done nothing to benefit us nothing it's yeah. made it worse I so okay the AFC West since today's feels pretty free form so a couple things. It, First, it wasn't. It wasn't. This was supposed to be segment three, but that's okay. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, like, <laughs> the, <laughs> I'm just gonna blow right past that yield sign that no, you just popped up. No, in front of no, me. no, 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 no. We're definitely, we're definitely past it. I'm just like going through and just like sadly, well, you're talking. I'm just backspacing through my beautiful, beautiful Google document that it I worked so such, hard on. You do such a great job with that, Josh. So about it'd the AFC so, West, it'd, it'd be so cool. <laughs> so cool if you ever looked at it <laughs> I, <laughs> I looked at so it you're, so you're so you're saying josh is out here on the 15 game uh 15 play script like okay play number four let's go through uh and nate, seth what are you doing why are you nate, freelancing seth and nate seth, and are, you if you if you were marcus peters right now like i would have a reason to trade you like no, we, maybe that no, makes nate and i Nate and I are Travis Kelsey and LaShawn McCoy running a hook and ladder and as I'm you Eric stare in horror. <laughs> no! I don't want to be Eric Bieniemy. 
<laughs> your Eric B. Enemy sitting there like, guys, the you're play so was right. a slant. What are we doing? You're so, you're what are so we doing? Right. You guys are Travis Kelce, LaShawn McCoy, and I'm Eric B. Enemy holding you back. Oh, this sucks. I'm going to quit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, but it, it, here's a few interesting things about the AFC West. And one nice thing about today now is now that we've gotten good news about Mahomes is we can kind of sit back and luxuriate in the fact that the Chiefs just buried the Broncos season for the second year yeah. in a row because they yeah. snatched their heart out of their chest last year on Monday night football, right? The left-handed throw, mm-hmm. all yep. that stuff. Mm-hmm. That was the game. Second that was, and 30. Yep. <laughs> Second and 30. That's so funny. But I mean, that was the game that the Broncos were like, nope, last year wasn't a fluke. We can't play with Mahomes. This was a, nope, we're still the little brother. The Chiefs have beaten us eight years in a row, despite Troy Aikman's comment on how hard it's been for uh, the Chiefs to play in Mile High recently. Which, uh, hold you know, on, I Seth. Have no... Troy Aikman was wrong about something. <laughs> can, can we, Danielle, edit that from the, edit that right out, right out. Like, Troy Aikman this, doesn't this is... need to exist on this podcast. I just want to state categorically for the record that Troy Aikman has many more Super Bowls than I do. Yeah, and he's also he's also called <laughs> and his he's analysis also, was incorrect. Yeah, he's also called Demarcus Robinson a Denver receiver more times than I have too. So you know it goes back and forth. Anyway, just just to let just to let you know, um, the in the Denver press box, the writers sit pretty close to both broadcasting crews, both the home and away. Uh, road, uh, or excuse me, home and away radio broadcast, and then between both of those guys is the television broadcast. Did I see Joe Buck? Yes. Did I say hello to Joe Buck? I sure did. Did I see Troy Aikman? Yes. Did I say hello to Troy Aikman? No, I did not. <laughs> I'm just picturing you head down, hand over your eyes as you walk by. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Hey, aren't you? Oh, crap. He looked at me. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. I'm sorry I brought up. I, I, actually, I, saw, I saw Joe Buck getting some makeup on right before they went to like, hey, here's the Fox NFL pregame show or whatever. And it was like, hey, what's up? Hey, what's up, Buck? Yeah, dog. How you doing? Hey, look at that. Getting a little powder on your face. Looking nice, my man. Looking nice. Hey, okay. I got to go to my seat in the press box. That's Troy. <laughs> I got to leave. Troy walks over. You go, by, you, you go by the press box, food, just grab a paper plate, hold it up against the side of your face, just walking away, hoping not to make eye contact with Troy. I'm going to get some food. I expect Fox Sports to be emailing me promptly in the next however many minutes. Yeah, I'm. I'm just yeah, before the podcast goes up, they will email us. And be like, hey, we heard you. What? Yeah. How? Hey. Yeah, <laughs> we actually keep an eye on all clean feeds. Um, but it's just fun to think about that with Denver. And then, I mean, like they really. It's one one guy that I kind of pay attention to for like the pulse of the Broncos is Ben Albright. He he generally has a pretty good idea of what the Broncos are thinking, and he's sitting there. He's like, you know, the Broncos really think they can win this game, and he was so like he was optimistic they could win the game too. And then the Chiefs just crushed them with that. They sacked Joe Flacco so many times. So that's funny to think about. Here's something else that's kind of interesting. Right now, I'm looking at the AFC West standings, and so you got the Chiefs at five and two, the Raiders are three and three, the Broncos and the Chargers are two and five. Here's what's interesting. The Raiders are three. So I'm going to start with the Chiefs, the points differential, okay? Right. The the Chiefs have a positive 52-point differential, which is pretty good. Well, that's really, really extremely good, right? The Raiders have a point differential of negative 38, and they're three and three. The Chargers have a point differential of negative one, and they're two and five. (laughs) 
Again, finding new ways to lose, y'all. I don't even understand how you do that. Like for for comparison's sake, the Broncos are two and five, and theirs is negative (laughs) twenty-four. The AFC West is trash, guys. Okay, now Seth, do me a favor. Don't don't look don't look at anywhere else in the league, okay? Are you are you still just AFC West specific? Just AFC West specific. Okay, I want you guys to throw a quick number at me to just just guess who who has the more extreme point differential, the Patriots or the Dolphins? I will tell you that's bookending oh my the league God, right that's now, really hard. and it's not even close. Here's second place: the Niners are the second best point differential with plus ninety two. Right. Wow. The second worst differential is from Washington with minus eighty six. Good lord! Wow. So you're saying the Dolphins or the or the Patriots have the bigger gap? I mean, the thing is, the Dolphins can't score. Like, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. They can't. So it's probably the Dolphins? Here's, I don't know. I don't know. The Dolphins, Washington is second to last, minus 86. The Dolphins are in last place with minus 148. Oh. 148? Listen to this, though. The The Niners are second best in the league with plus 92. The Patriots are plus 142. <laughs> yeah. The AFC East plus. is a dumpster fire. <laughs> That's a damn football team, though. Also, it sh- I should point out, 43 of those points are shared because the Patriots went in and right. uh, beat the Dolphins 43 to nothing in Week 2, uh, just so you know. Wow. Yeah, this is it is a travesty that the Chiefs aren't somehow allowed to play the Dolphins this year. Like, I'm getting, I get mad every time, every week, because I haven't really looked at the Patriots' schedule. And look, they are, they look like they're a really good team. They did beat the Bills, like the one decent team they played this year. They beat Mm -hmm. them, you know, barely, but whatever. The Chiefs have lost to a couple of good teams. But every week I'm getting madder and madder as the Chiefs are playing, you know, you know, as they're playing the Texans and I look and the Patriots are somehow playing the Dolphins for the third time or the (laughs) Jets or the, and I'm just like, hey, what? Or they're playing the Redskins or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah. How are the Chiefs playing good teams? Because now they got Green Bay coming up, and I'm sure the Patriots are playing the Washington Generals or whatever. <laughs> they're, they're, well, they're playing the Jets tonight, and then it's the Browns next week. So Come on! This isn't fair! <laughs> How is the this happening? Is, uh, on the third, it's Sunday Night Football at the Ravens. They might only win that one by two touchdowns. Because... <laughs> 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 Golly. It's just frustrating for me, and... I don't really buy into the whole, like, well, the Patriots have had a cakewalk. Because, look, they came into Arrowhead and won last year. Thank you, D. Ford. But they – it's just so D. frustrating Ford, this year. D. Ford, best pass rusher in football, by the way, D. Ford. Oh, hey, man, that speed rush is lethal, y'all. That speed rush is lethal. Absolutely lethal. And he's in he's in a perfect situation in, 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 with the Niners. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Not him. Not being coached by Bob Sutton? Is that the perfect situation? <laughs> I should well, laugh at that. Hey, hey, Seth. Hey, Seth. Hey, Seth. Did you, did you watch some of that Colts-Texans game? Is Justin Houston also in the perfect situation? What's going I, on there? You know, I actually didn't. Did Houston Did Houston make some plays? Yeah, he's still good at football, my dude. He still can absolutely play. Not that you needed to be told that. I remember what our conversations last year sounded like. But I just wanted yeah. you to make – I want to make sure you knew that he still shows up. Wow, isn't that weird? That's like – now, let yeah. me tell you. I, you know, I'm just, I'm not bitter. I <laughs> no, no, I'm super over it. This is super fun. Yeah. But it's, no, the AFC West is, is absolute garbage right now, but it's just, it's frustrating. Every week I look up and I see the Patriots are playing and I'm like, how, 
How is every week? Because even like the teams that they're playing that were supposed to be good on paper kind of suck this year. And I don't understand how they're doing this. Mm-hmm. And it's making me really upset. And they're, also they're handed, the Dolphins, what'd you say? Seth, they're handed six wins every year. Here's here's six of them. Just yeah. here's six <laughs> yeah, wins. Here's your six wins. And by the way, here's like six wins. you got the AFC or the NFC East this year, which involves the Redskins and the, you know, the Giants. So like here's what? eight wins. Just take them, guys. Wait, Just take them right here. The Just t- eight wins. <laughs> How about it? Hey, Super Bowl champs. Supposed to have a hard schedule. Nah, dog. Eight wins right here. Just take it. Just take it. It's not, it's not fair. Like, that's so funny. But, like, the three-year-old in me is, like, throwing a tantrum every week. And really what I need to do is just look at their schedule, like, ahead of time. But for some reason, I'm taking, like, some weird joy in having a little tantrum every week at how easy the Patriots have it this year. Because Brady's low-key hasn't looked nearly as good. But their defense is just crushing teams. But they're like crushing the the the, the Jets without Darnold and and the, the the Dolphins. And everyone's like, "Oh, it's a historic defense." I'm like, "Is it?" Because I feel like the Chiefs would look like a historic defense if they played the the Broncos every week. Yeah. So uh, the 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 Chiefs the Chiefs didn't uh, didn't sack Deshaun Watson. But yesterday in uh, the 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 Texans Colts game, he was sacked three times and, and he was hit six times. Uh, two of those sacks and four of those hits were from Justin Houston. Man, what man, what a weird way to seize control of the podcast, Josh. Now, I've just <laughs> been kind of sitting on that down. one for a little bit. Yeah, oh, it just makes me it just makes me deeply deeply sad. That's gross. Ugh. Uh, okay, we have a little bit of time. I, I want to make sure we talk about the stuff that we saw a little bit of on Thursday that now we feel like we've stabilized some. And then we also have the segment that I have so eloquently called Times Somebody Else's, <laughs> <laughs> where we take questions, where people can tweet at us and use the hashtag Times Ours. Uh, we we oh, don't yeah. have a game to talk about today specifically, so Times Somebody Else's shows up later. Uh, Seth, if you just scroll down in the Google Doc, it's a whole thing down there. You can. I did. It's, I it's, did. I'm oh, looking okay. at it right now man josh you do such a great job with this don't no listen if you want to just start reading three or four of them now out of out of the segment i think that would be nice but uh if if you want instead seth i can let you talk about what the chiefs are going to do with matt moore yes i can ask you hey seth <clears throat> seth wrote this piece up on theathletic.com <clears throat> where you can read great stuff like what he wrote about matt moore and what nate wrote about what the defense did and we will talk about reggie rag in a little bit also we got to get to your questions we're going to do that here in a minute but seth uh, you, you wrote this wonderful breakdown of what the Chiefs were doing with Matt Moore and uh, what they can do with Matt Moore. So, Seth, I'd like to ask, will the Chiefs have to do less with Moore? Oh, my gosh. Come on. Useful, that's, that's useful that's, that's shot there, sir. Great, great, great well swing. Done. Well done. Bully. Bully. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. Um, so, uh, they... Based on what I saw, and, you know, Andy Reid gave his usual, oh, no, we didn't have to do anything different. And, you know, I'm just, every time I picture Nate sitting there in the press box giving him, like, a, come on, Andy, <laughs> look. Like, <laughs> come on. Yo, we're, we're not going to have to change up anything for the most unique quarterback in the league to a guy who's kind of like a generic, and I, I like Matt Moore. I actually preferred him to Chad Henney, but they signed, you know. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I did. Interesting. Yeah, huh. when 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 they signed Chad Chad Henney, I kind of looked back. I was like, you know, if they were going to sign a former Dolphins guy, I'd prefer Matt Moore, even though he didn't play last year, or because it was after 2017 when they signed Henney. So anyway, yeah. I, I like Moore. I think he's a gamer. If you're going to have a a 
a backup come in. You want it to be a guy, and we talked about this, I think, a little bit. You want it to be a guy that at least for some period of his career, people thought could maybe be the guy. Because that showed that he had just enough to at least make people ask the question. As opposed to guys that have never really made people seriously ask the question. So with more, what they started doing, and teams are going to compensate for this, they, they did drop under center a little bit more. Uh, oh, man, please don't make more jokes as I sit here and say the word more <laughs> unintentionally 18 times. They had him drop I'm not under center more frequently. Nope, can't avoid the word more. Anyway, nah. so they, they did that. They did some speed outs, some quick curls, plays like that, to where it's just getting the ball out quickly. The the thing with the Chiefs playmakers is the, the Broncos didn't really have time to adjust. We'll see what the Packers do. Where most teams, yeah, they'll try to play him somewhat aggressively, but they really are backing off pretty quick because Hardman can run right by you. Tyreek Hill can run right by you. Robinson can. When Watkins back, he can. Kelsey can. We all know this. And so teams are going to give up some of those quick, easy timing routes. You know, one, two, three, out. One, two, three, curl. Those those quick routes, those quick hitters. Moore looked pretty comfortable with those. Um, and the key will be occasionally hitting a deep shot. Rather than having the vertical game be like 50% of what they do, they need to pick their spots a little more often. For example, that that dragon go to Tyreek Hill, which is just such a great route. Uh, it's such a great concept that Reed has wrinkled in this year. They're, they're going to have to hit those shots to make teams respect the deep ball still, but it's going to not be that frequent. So I'd like to see a little more of a tra- almost a traditional West Coast passing game. You know, a Quick curls out, slants, those wide receiver screens, that type of thing, and every now and then letting Hill run some nine routes, and I would just go. I would go in that direction and hope for the best because you obviously, again, Andy Reid can say they don't have to change up the offense all they want, but I, come on, they, they they have to change up the offense. You, you almost dial up the old pre two thousand seventeen Alex Smith playbook. Yes, I was so glad you wrote, you said the name Alex Smith in the article, and then again here, um, because I will, I want uh, Nate to talk now, so <laughs> we we keep it. Uh, I'm I'm all about time of possession on this show, uh, ironically <laughs> enough. Nate, what's more likely here? This is this is probably very unfair, but I am genuinely curious to know your answer, as opposed to all the other times I pretended <laughs> for what you guys say. What's more, what's more likely, that in the next few weeks we will have a newfound appreciation of Alex Smith, or we realize that literally 50 quarterbacks could win the AFC West with Andy Reid at any point in time? Man, that's that's a great question. I, I, I have the ultimate respect and sort of admiration for Alex Smith, because... Um, he was a protector of the football and people just sort of throw away that sort of concept when they play or when they, when they watch football, like, Hey, like if your quarterback doesn't throw interceptions, like you have a better chance of winning the game. Like if your quarterback gets the ball out on time, if your quarterback understands, Hey, I can, there are seven yards that the defense is giving me instead of like trying to fit a ball in a 35 yard window, which is impossible. Um, I, I think people, uh, it, it was it it is unfair for fans to live the Alex Smith experience and then go from that to like the ultra the ultra ultimate like greatest quarterback season like anyone has ever seen, <laughs> not named Peyton yes. Manning. Uh, and I'm <laughs> yes. saying this is a better season. Like what Mahomes did was better than Tom Brady's perfect season. Like listen to my words. 
what Mahomes did last season was better than Tom Brady having Randy Moss just run a dumb amount of nine routes. Um, so just because of the elusivity, the way he came back, obviously the no look passes. I mean, the things he did last year were stupid. So you like you go from Alex Smith to that, like of course you're going to like depreciate Alex Smith. They're just like, ah, anybody could have been Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. Now, where Andy Reid comes into all of this, and I agree with Seth, um, the game plan will change because Andy Reid has always been a coach that has benefited what works for his quarterbacks. So, with yeah. Alex Smith, it was a lot of, I guess you could call it dinking and dunking, but it was mostly timing routes within the traditional West Coast offense, which means that the quarterback reads what the defense is doing and can sort of adjust on the fly. With Matt Moore, I, I wonder if there's going to be a little more verticality to the offense than what people maybe assume, just because I think Andy's mm. kind of bold in that way. But also, this is where, like, mm-hmm. if you're Andy Reid, like, just give me every screen pass imaginable. Just just start unloading them. Like, the yeah. ones you've been working on since camp, the ones you haven't put on film, like, just start doing that now. Obviously, with Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, there's some trickery that can be now utilize more so than having a, you know, Hall of Fame worthy quarterback in Mahomes. Um, but I think people will start to acknowledge as we get further and further away from it that Alex Smith was really good. Like the the Chiefs didn't lose those playoff games because of Alex Smith. Again, he was throwing to a guy, I think by the name of Charles in the second half of the Tennessee game. Hit him right in the chest, guys. Hit him <laughs> right in the chest. You know what he did? He dropped the ball. Therefore, you have to punt yeah. it away. Therefore, Tennessee goes right down your throat and scores a touchdown to win the game. I mean, yep. it's not his fault that Eric Fisher, quote unquote, held James Harrison. Like, it's not his fault. Like, he brought the team all the way back in a home playoff game that was going to force it to overtime. Again, you don't know. It's a toss up. But, like, hey, he wasn't the reason they, like, he was never the reason they lost those playoff games. Now, when they lost to the Patriots, the Patriots were just a better team. Like, you know, just say what you will and move on. But um, Alex Smith is good. And,. It's unfortunate what happened to Alex, um, and I'm not sure we'll ever see him play again. But I think fans should appreciate what Alex did, with the understanding that they literally just watched the greatest quarterback performance not named Tom or not named Peyton Manning of like all time, all time, uh, and that's hard to do. Look, they they scored 51 points in a primetime game and somehow lost. So yeah, <laughs> right. Alex Smith would have never done that, but. Alex Smith was really good. He'd get you 10 to 12 wins a game. And by the way, a lot of fan bases would take that like in a heartbeat. I'm going to just correct you again before someone tweets you about you saying 10 to 12 wins a game because that would lead you to some incredible statistics. Well, um, look. You could like, oh, we, we win 162 and 0. Are you a baseball team? The best. No, no, no. We're a football team that won. We were winning like 10 games a, a game. It was crazy. <laughs> He'd get you ten to two. He'd he'd, um, he'd get you in. He'd get you in the playoffs. It was up to the coaching staff, the defense, yeah. to like get you through. But hey, uh, Harbaugh did it. Like it's not. I mean, he went. Mm-hmm. He he went to the NFC Championship game, and again, didn't lose that game because also, why is my guy fumbling the football when he's when we're like trying to get possession on a punt? Again, fans yeah. don't remember these things. I do. He did not lose the NFC Championship game. I don't even think Eli Manning won that championship game. I just think the. The 49ers fumbled the ball twice in, in their own territory. Yeah. And, like, that's how you lose a playoff game. And that's why uh, Super Bowl and playoff wins are a really dumb way to evaluate quarterbacks. Uh-huh. So, um, <laughs> to no one in particular. No one in particular. So, no, Seth- one, no one who doesn't have three rings played <laughs> mostly in Dallas and ended his career based because he got hit a ton. I'm just – these are the facts. 
Um, Seth, on on maybe a last note here, people can check out the article if they want to see more. The one thing that was that wasn't actually a pun. Wow, huh? How about that one? <laughs> people can check out the article well if they want to see more on more. But you uh, you mentioned specifically that throw to Tyree Kill, the, the, the little like drag curl wheel downfield. It was wild. Chris Harris said he'd never seen anything like that um, after the game. You also specifically mentioned something I was really glad that you mentioned in the pocket before that ball left his hand. I saw that happen in real time, and I I just saw him step up in the pocket. I was like, oh, look at that, Matt Moore!" And then it was the the <laughs> perfect throw following. Yeah, that. I was I was like downright giddy about his ability to look like a vet in the pocket. Like that's the thing where a lot of times I feel like backups come in and they just feel lost. Even though this dude was coaching high school football and scouting Kyler Murray seven months ago, uh, <laughs> I was I was legitimately impressed by that. I didn't really expect to see that. I, I agree. That was the most important part of that play. The throw was a very, very good throw, of course. Um, but the most important part was, for one, he saw they were, they were bringing a blitz and he knew it. He adjusted the protection before the snap. He had the running back shift to his right. And even then there was still pressure. But he stepped up in the pocket and he still had a little interior pressure, but he stayed pretty calm. The thing that I saw with Moore is that I mean, he played really badly the first couple of series. Like, mm-hmm. he, you it, could yeah, tell. He did... He didn't expect he, to dude play. hadn't played football professionally in two years, basically. Exactly. He's just like, you know, when I'm imagine when they reach out to him, hey, how would you like the best job in the world? <laughs> <laughs> like you're, you're, there's like, you know, you, you sit in the quarterback room with a dude who's eager to learn from you and your experience, and then you get credit for helping him, and then you just watch him do incredible things. And guess what? We'll pay you like $800,000 a year to do it, or whatever it is they're paying him. I have no idea hey, what it is. Hey, Matt, hey, Matt, let me just ask you a question, dog. I know you enjoy working with the kids, and like I know you looking into that scouting thing, baby. But like, how much that paycheck coming in every two weeks, dog? Just, just <laughs> let me know. Just let me know, because right now I can get you this paycheck for holding a clipboard. Yeah, you got. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything, anything dog. You, you know just know have to what? watch some film and like help a, help, a, help a guy out on third down. It's not even a clipboard anymore. Now it's a Microsoft Surface. You can check Facebook during the game. You can sit here and browse Twitter. You can sit here and watch the highlights. Be like, whoa, look what Mahomes did. And now it's like, oh, Mahomes went down. It's like, uh, come again for Big Fun? Just like, what? I don't know. And so I, I just, I, he, he looked like that. He looked like a guy who was like, I did not expect to be here. His eyes were huge. Kind of like how Joe Flacco's were all night, actually. And... And that's because I think Joe Flacco really hasn't expected to play football in years, apparently. So, but, so, but after that, he settled down. Hey, you shut up. Shut up. He has 33% of, of Troy Aikman's rings. Okay? <laughs> so he he puts respect on his name. So, but he got better as the game went along. He, he got a little calmer. And every drive they had in the second half, even if they ended up punting, they at least got a first down. Like they really, he really settled down after that third and seven conversion to Kelsey. And you saw Kelsey like, you know, point at him like, hey, nice throw. And you could tell Kelsey <laughs> is sitting there like, okay, I need to build this dude up. Like this guy yeah. needs my support, which is yeah. still the funniest two comments in a row that I still can't get over, which we probably said something about it Friday, but I still can't get over how the announcer or, or they, they were talking about what Andy Reed said. Um, the, the, the reporter on the sideline was talking about what Andy Reed said. And she said back to back, she said, well, you know what I said to Matt Moore's, I said, just be yourself. You've got this. And what I said to everyone else is you guys all need to step up. <laughs> and like, those two comments back to back. I was watching with my brother-in-law and we just, just 
almost passed out laughing because it's like can you just picture it like you, you just picture travis kelsey sitting right next to matt moore right and andy reed goes up to matt moore look matt you just be yourself you got this you be you and i believe in you and then he goes over two feet to travis kelsey dude you need to step up you're gonna have to do almost everything from here on because <laughs> this guy cannot get it done <laughs> And I just thought that was the funniest uh, two pairs of comments. I'm like, man, I hope they were on the opposite sides of the room. Because <laughs> those two things don't make... Because just imagine Matt Moore listening to that like, hey, <laughs> you just said I could do it. Anyway, good. sorry. But he settled down and he played way better after that. I'm confident. I, I, I'm oddly confident. And I think part of it is this is the first game in over a year where I'm like, eh, if the Chiefs win, great. If they don't win, that's what people are expecting. So it's going to be okay. That's nice. Well, we'll ride that energy into times somebody else's. Uh, I want everyone to read what Nate wrote about the defense and a lot of Reggie Ragland in awesome. there. We don't have time to make it its own thing, but we can start there, Nate. From uh, but Also, I want you guys to all just take a peek at the clock. Let that clock be in your head. We got the play clock ticking. You guys, I don't know if you're Patrick Mahomes, Matt Moore, Chad Haney, Kyle Shermer, Chase Litton, but whatever, you know, even if even if you just get that snap off while, while zeros are on the board, we're going to go ra- pretty rapid fire to get through a good chunk of these questions. So, Nate, first up for you from Andrew, what did you see from Reggie Ragland that was different from the previous games we've seen him in? Yeah, well, well thanks, Andrew, for the question. And, and again, we appreciate uh, everybody reaching out on Twitter. I, I think for Reggie... One, he had fresh legs, and that cannot be understated. Uh, the guy had really not played any significant amount of snaps. Now, he did have the one tackle for loss against the Texans. Uh, he was the only defender to do that. So I think that sort of spurred uh, Steve Spagnuolo on to say, hey, we got to at least try something. Darren Lee missed a boatload of tackles. So, like, why don't we put mm-hmm. Reggie at Sam versus Darren Lee? And guess what? For one game, it really, really worked. Um, Reggie was... I think less thinking and just more going downhill. And I know you talked about this on Twitter, Seth, but I think the fact that Steve Spagnuolo played him and that Reggie was a short tackler and he used him more in blitz, which we never really saw much of last year with uh, Bob Sutton. Again, hey, here's one way that (laughs) you don't have to be Bob Sutton. You can blitz linebackers. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think the most pivotal play that got Reggie going, and I – wrote this in the story was that his first highlight was that two point conversion play. And the Broncos, much like the Ravens did, uh, you know, Alice Okafor was offside instead of moving it, you know, where we are for the extra point. Hey, let's just put the ball at the one year line and we can get a yard because we, we can run on the chiefs defense. And Reggie Raglan saw the, saw the play develop and just crashed in hard, like filled a gap as perfectly sound as possible. And that sort of spurred him on for the rest of the game. Um, I thought his blitz behind uh, or in tandem, I guess, with Anthony Hitchens was really good. If you watch that closely, Reggie Ragland does everything perfect. His The timing of his blitz is great. He forces to go inside of Philip Lindsay's, uh, you know, pickup block and forces Joe Flacco to go outside, which allows a free lane because he knows Anthony Hitchens is coming right behind him to get the strip sack fumble. It is perfectly executed. And when you do something like that, it is nice to know that, like, sometimes the football rolls your way. You get rewarded with your first NFL touchdown. So he should play moving forward. He should be an integral part, particularly on first and second downs, because it was, I think, painfully clear that Ben Neiman is more of a, of a pass coverage linebacker than 
a downhill, you know, first down when we know the run's coming linebacker. And so, yeah, let's just see how Reggie does in the Sam linebacker situation, knowing that uh, that was a re- that was the probably the best game he's had as a chief, honestly. Um, and I think that's an encouraging sign as we move forward into the regular season. Seth from Keith, should we expect continued quarterback pressure from the defensive line like they got on Thursday? Unlike Nate, I'm not going to thank you for your questions. I'm just going to answer them. I actually know Keith a little bit. Uh, He's a really good dude. From Canada, actually, my neighbor to the north. Should we expect continued QB pressure from our D-line like they got Thursday? Um. So not only did you not only did you go on to thank him and shout him out, you also reread the question. I out was, loud. Really I was peak, peak efficiency on this listen. show. Peak efficiency on times our, ours. Our, our our EPA per play that 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 went way down. Um. So I would not expect it. No. The the reason being they showed a lot in terms of blitzing and that kind of stuff. But they did show a lot more NASCAR package type stuff, so I think you're going to see more and more aggression from Spagnolo as he's figuring out what this defensive group can and can't do. And so I would say you should expect more and more aggression, but it's not always going to pay off like it did against the Broncos because Flacco is a bad quarterback, and bad quarterbacks don't get rid of the ball. So against a guy like Rodgers, I think they're going to play very similarly aggressive, but Rodgers is going to burn them for a few big plays, maybe more than a few. But the the key will be getting as much as you give because they were already giving up some stuff, so now it's just going to be on the coverage to hold up for at least 2.5 seconds while they bring the fury because I, I want to see more and more of that aggression on defense. Uh, on that point, Nate, Caleb asks, is Matt Moore the best healthy quarterback in the AFC West? Uh, Caleb might have a point, y'all. <laughs> I mean, look, <laughs> we don't know this. I like, I can't say it definitively. Let's see what happens on Sunday night when uh, Matt Moore gets all the reps in practice and there's a whole game plan centered around him versus like, you know, one Patrick Mahomes. But let's look at it. Phillip Rivers continue to be a turnover machine. Uh, you know, Derek Carr's probably been the most consistent non-Mahomes quarterback in the AFC West. And yet that has not yielded much, mostly because his defense just gives up a ton of yards. But look. He did beat the Chicago Bears, which is a very good defense, and like he should be credited for that. And then, of course, there's Joe Flacco, and that's and it, there's nothing else that needs to be said about Joe Flacco. So, honestly, it, I think it's a toss up between him and Derek Carr, and that's weird to say, but here we are. I mean, I I think Philip Rivers is going in the Hall of Fame, or he should, as, as, as much as Eli Manning's going in the Hall of Fame. But mm-hmm. um, man, like it, it it's clear that like. Philip Rivers is is old, and we're headed towards you know the you know, like we are in the twilight. Uh, and Derek Carr is like, hey, just don't turn the ball over. But when he turns the ball over, the Raiders lose. Um, so hey, if Matt Moore can't turn the ball over and he fits Andy Reid's scheme, he might be the best quarterback in the AFC West. That's healthy. Seth from uh, Chief in Indiana, can we please overreact to Rashad Fenton's game? Yes. They also please don't mention Philip Gaines, Terrence Mitchell, Tarverius <laughs> Ward, or Marcus Cooper. Yes. Tarverius Ward doesn't deserve to be in that list. But that everyone else. Man, does. I love I love how uh, Chief in Indiana went all the way back to Philip Gaines. They clearly have read stuff that I've man, I thought that one stung. I thought he was gonna be great. I really did. Anyway, um, so I can't mention any of those guys. Yes, let's overreact then. Let's do it. Man, he was making tackles. He was knocking down passes. He was showing quicker feet than he was in the preseason. So if we're overreacting, I'm saying, hey, Kendall Fuller, Rashad coming for you. You, you this it, it was nice. It was a good game. Now I'm I'm gonna be reviewing his film later this week because they still haven't released the all twenty two, which is just making me crazy. Um 
and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at what he did on a snap by snap basis because one thing to note is that we only saw some of what he we only saw some of what he did because when it's not all 22 and it's just the broadcast then you don't really know what's going on on the plays he wasn't targeted. But you know what? He he made some really nice stops in run defense. He showed quick feet. He showed a lot of competitiveness at the catch point. I thought he was going to be a disaster, and he played pretty well from what I saw. So He played well. Yeah, I, he played so well. I'm excited for him. because <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so happy for Rashad. <laughs> yeah, well, because, man, he really got dumped on. Like, when they the Chiefs picked him, I mean, all anyone wanted to talk about in preseason was Fields. That was it. Like everyone, like Rashad Fenton, it's like he didn't even exist. Like, oh man, maybe maybe some of these young corners, like like Fields, can step up. It's like, what about the dude they drafted? And so that was awesome for him. I'm excited, and when I look at his film, I'm hoping to be even more excited. Uh, this is the last question we have time for today. Thanks everyone who asked. We'll try to be better at, at timing out to, to take some questions. Maybe maybe every episode we get a few in. Um, I'll take this one though from from a different Josh. Uh, is there an appendage you are not willing to give up to get a healthy Mahomes for the playoffs? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, there is. Um, and that's the end of our uh, new segment, Times Somebody's Else's. Uh, thanks for everyone who sending the questions using the hashtag Times Ours. It's also all the time we have for today. I need to tell you, though, about the NFL Power Rankings podcast. It brings you a wide look at the National Football League with weekly rankings of who's rising, who's falling, and who to watch for with hosts Lindsey Jones and Amy Parlipiano. The latest episode, the top five NFL road trip destinations, you want to go see your favorite team play an away game? Lindsey Jones and Amy Parlapiano take the criteria of location, weather, fan base, food, stadium experience, and more to make that rank their top five must-see travel destinations for NFL fans and this exclusive bonus edition of the NFL Power Rankings podcast on The Athletic. If you're not already following all of us on Twitter, it's uh, at Binate Taylor, at RealMNChiefsFan. I'm at JB Briscoe. And you know what? I would say not only sending us the questions with the hashtag TimesRs, also send at by Nate Taylor suggestions for how we can sign off episodes like this one. Exactly. Now, look, Matt, here's the thing, Doc. Uh, we believe in you. Obviously, we gave you the call. Obviously, you're here for a reason. And you led us to victory. And we appreciate that. We thank you for that. And we got all the faith in you. When the game is happening on Sunday, don't look at Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Just don't. Keep your head in the tablet, okay? The Microsoft Surface. I want you to be in there, okay? Don't listen to the crowd noise. Don't look up at the screen. Aaron Rodgers may throw another six touchdowns, but you know what? You stay you. You get your head down, and you focus, and you lead this team to victory. Now, when you go on the field, you may occasionally look at the scoreboard. If we are not winning, that is not on you, okay? That is because Aaron Rodgers is the second-best quarterback in this league, and... He just threw for six, or he scored six (laughs) touchdowns and had a perfect passer rating. That's not on you, Matt. Matt, you stay in your playbook. You stay right here with me on the bench looking at that surface, and then you go out there, and you don't play like we're down 20, okay? You just play you. You just be you. And, hey, two months ago, you were coaching high school kids, and now you're going to go up against Aaron Rodgers, and now it's going to be Okay, there it is.